1: Today's episode of the Chase Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning best-selling taste in the Taste of Atlanta Awards, both in 2017 and 2018. So... If you're in the Metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, go to Ponko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Ponko Chicken, where it eats meets West. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs>
0: um,
1: My nephew needs me to record. See, I hate
0: I already hate it. I hate it.
1: All right, welcome back to a thursday night edition of the chase Almost podcast i am now joined by a frequent guest i guess i got to say at this point he's been on like three times now nick cellini of 680 the fan of nick and chris nick good evening sir how are you
0: chase good to uh hear from you how you doing
1: i'm good man i'm uh, i'm doing better than the braves who uh, just <laughs> got swept by the dodgers and um things are things are not great uh in braves country right
0: no, uh, they're not right now. I mean, the good news is you're only what three and a half games out of first place right now. All things considered, they say Memorial Day is that so-called first line of demarcation. So let's see where they are a few weeks from now.
1: Well, we'll we'll talk about the Braves in a second. But you are you are an Ohio guy, correct? Yes, sir. So the Indians. This is something that. Um, I, I'm very fascinated by because Dan Sobransky a uh, fangraphs, friend of the pod, wrote this piece today that uh, the Indians are officially the underdog to win the AL Central, just statistically speaking, and um, we all just kind of assumed, I was not one of those people, that they were just going to walk their way into another AL Central victory. Like, are you at all surprised that this season is not getting off to the start, that uh um Shapiro and that group had envisioned going into twenty nineteen?
0: I'm really not because the twins, I mean, if you if you look at what the Indians did, you know, a couple of times over, they lost, they tanked, as some would say, then they rebuilt their minor league system and then they started winning again. I, I think the twins are doing that right now. And and yes, the Indians still have some veteran pitchers there, but if you look at a lot of the big guns that are no longer there and some of the guys that are still there are barely hanging on and the message has been sent that Francisco Lindor probably isn't going to be there for the long-term. I, I think that they're going through that process again. I, I think the Minnesota twins are, are going to stick around. They, they may be this year's version of the Atlanta Braves what the Braves were last year. People are going to wait for the twins to fade and I'm not sure that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison because I think there are a lot of similarities. Um, I don't know if they have the kind of top-level talent the Braves do um, in the pipeline, but it's one of those situations where... So it's interesting. So I've actually compared the Indians and the Braves a lot, but the Twins, I think, actually fit the bill this year just because, like you said, they're just ahead of the Indians right now. The Indians are the proverbial favorite. They've been the favorite for the last couple of years. So it's kind of like a Nationals-Braves situation last year where people just pencil in the Nationals winning the end at least, at least one more time until Bryce is gone. And then the season didn't go the way it did, and people are blaming, like, going from Dusty to Davey Martinez and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, the Braves winning 90 games last year was an outlier because they're not winning 90 games this year. We can go ahead and write that one off. It's not happening. So barring some kind of major trade, I, I, I feel very comfortable um, with the fact that this team's not winning 90 games. And it's they're basically going back to more of who Pakoda saw them as two years ago, which was about a 500 team. Maybe a couple games above, maybe a couple games below, depending on how the bullpen shakes out. And I think that's maybe what the Indians are in for, where, like, the Twins are just going to out uh, hit their coverage, basically. Like, I think they might just have an outlier year where they win 90 and then they just win the division. Like, that'd be great. I would love it because I am, uh, Nick, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm very anti-Indians ownership, and the way their front office has talked about Lindor and what they're doing with Lindor and everything else and only signing Oliver Perez, who is not not doing, uh, not doing well in the bullpen. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is comeuppance for the way they act and the kind of arrogance of just like, we can walk our way to another AL Central title.
0: Yeah, I think the rational people up in Cleveland probably feel the same way. When you see guys like Michael Brantley... And Andrew Miller, and all well, the list goes on and on and on. I know they wanted to trade Corey Fluber in the offseason. And personally, I think they should have because his value is never going to be higher. Well, maybe it was a couple of years ago, but it's never going to be any higher than it was. And we know what happened now. He fractured the arm. So I, I think that they are in the process of tearing it all down, trying to build it all up again. And and you're right. they They've been very blatant about it. And yet, publicly, they they wouldn't state that. And then, when ownership steps up and says, "Enjoy Francisco Lindor while he's here," well, what kind of a insane. message are you sending to the fans? Why would I right. pay for tickets when I know that you're just going to play out the string with arguably the best shortstop in all of baseball?
1: I, I it's it's baffling. I feel like that did not get enough coverage. as I talked about it on this podcast a lot of just like no one's talking about this because it's Cleveland, but like that owner talking about Lindor the way he did. And there was also another hit job with Shapiro, the way he was talking about like Lindor not being the leader and like talking about like that being part of the reason that he's not getting paid, but also like him and Brantley were close. And then you let Brantley go. And it's just, it's a very weird way of handling everything going on in Cleveland. And I think it's interesting because it feels like to me, they assume that they can just get right back into this five years from now. I think a lot of these front office, when you get this, like this many finance guys in baseball, it, like I think they all just have this expectation that they're going to have like a three- to five-year window, and then it's going to close, and then if you draft well and develop well, it will come back up in three- to five years, and you'll get another three- to five-year window, and it's just going to go up and down and up and down, and they're just ready to move on and start over, and then get back to the the kind of thing where they were competing with the Cubs in the world series. Like I I really do think that they're just like, no, we'll start over. We'll find another Lindor. We'll find another Jose Ramirez. We'll develop them. We'll get a Kluber. We'll get a Bauer. We'll get, we'll trade for Andrew Miller 2.0 in four years. Like I, I really do think that's how they, they see this situation, see their, their foundation going.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think if you look at just about every GM or every system or foundation or, front office in baseball i mean let's face it managers coaches they all have egos and they think well it happened once for us we developed guys and we made the right moves and and we can do it again and i think the indians feel that way right now and then based on what we've seen albeit early in the season i'm not really sure uh that's going to happen again and listen you could say what you want about tito francona i know what he did up in boston but he's also been responsible for three of the biggest collapses. In Indians history and that's really saying a
1: lot when you think about it I think Frank Cone is the least of their concerns when you're just publicly dumping on your best player and just saying enjoy it while you can and just saying F the fans I, I just I feel like that's a bigger cultural issue in uh, Cleveland I, I can't get over that that just got passed over of like enjoy him while you can it's like wait why don't you just pay him why, why, yeah. why don't you pay Francisco Lindor what, what is the reason can, yeah, he's not given a reason just pay no, him he's he's incredible no he's reason. an amazing talent I, I don't yeah. understand
0: there there is no reason I mean it's I, I totally agree big picture I mean it's it's a problem now maybe they can you imagine if the
1: Braves if Liberty Media this oh year were like enjoy Acuna while you can't <laughs> no I, I cannot and,
0: and it's amazing what the Braves have done with Acuna and you know across the board with everybody else, Aussie Albies. I mean, getting guys like that to sign deals like they have, I mean, people have criticized them, but on the other hand, you got to give them credit because they're doing now what John Hart did years ago with guys like Albert Bell and Carlos Baerga. You sign guys betting on the come. Sandy Alomar, the list goes on and on. So, you know, they're doing the same thing that the Indians did some 20 years ago, and let's hope it works out the same way. And in fact, the Braves take it a step further and take home a couple of championships.
1: Well, so as long as they don't run into the Marlins in the playoffs, I think they might be okay. Um, still, one of my favorite just sports things is that the Florida Marlins have not lost in the playoffs ever. Like as it's great. I, I it's just crazy. they only win the World Series. It's great. I hope that never stops. <laughs> I mean,
0: whenever <laughs> they go, they they go on a run. Although oh, the moments are few and far between, and well, that's the age old argument: would you want to be where the Braves were for years? Or would you want to be the Marlins and have a couple of championships and will never make an appearance again? It's it's a very interesting conversation to have.
1: You learn a lot about the person based on that situation. I think the Brave stuff is more of like we have to wait and see, is that I think um, getting Acuna and Albies to – Get locked into the deals that they did. It's great, but if you're going, you have to use those savings. You have to use those on somebody else. You have to sign the veterans to be like, okay, we save money here on these young superstars that are controllable for the next couple of years. So we're gonna overpay for veterans that aren't worth this at this point, but like they still are going to be valuable come playoff time. They're still like you overpay for Andrew Miller, the Chapman's of the world. You overpay for all of those guys just to get them in because you're underpaying superstars like Acuna and maybe Albies and who knows what happens with dance in a couple of years. But like, I think that's the big thing. If they don't spend on the other guys and filling out the rest of the holes especially in the rotation the bullpen then that's a problem because it's like oh great you save money and had a great deal with your young superstars but if you didn't use those um savings on veterans who can actually help you right now then uh it's just it's a misnomer and it's just a it's it's a waste of time
0: you're completely correct in that assessment so you sign guys because you're saving money on your so-called young superstars but you sign the guys for one or two years that can put you over the top and get you that championship. That's the whole reason why you should praise the Braves for signing guys like Acuna and Albies. But, again, what are they going to do to follow that up? And I'm not really sure. Everybody keeps talking about Craig Kimbrell. The more I think
1: about it, I'm not really sure. I think it's over. I don't agree. Yeah. yeah. We know I, how relievers, when they get signed midseason, we've right. seen the last couple of years what happens. Like, I right. don't think it would be good. I think it would go pretty poorly.
0: Um, I I am totally with you. I mean, I, I look at last year who closed out the world series It wasn't Craig Kimbrell. It was a starter and Chris sale, who again has closer experience, but wasn't a closer last year because the bottom line is they didn't trust Craig Kimbrell and Craig Kimbrell. I I don't know where he thinks he's going to get a three-year deal, let alone a five or a six-year deal, but you better be very, very careful. And in this regard, at the risk of sounding like a homer, I'm going to give Alex Anthopoulos credit. He's going to give you two years if you're Craig Kimbrel, maybe an option for a third, but you're not going to get anything more than that. And it appears as if a lot of people around baseball feel the same way.
1: Well, I mean, he could just be like uh, BJ Ryan, uh, Mr. Anthopoulos. I, I, do you do you remember the time you gave the worst uh, closer deal in baseball? Just a couple. Of years. Well, that was that was Anthopoulos, right? The BJ yeah, it Ryan was. stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and maybe that's what he has in the back of his mind. I mean, that's hey, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. Maybe that's why he's he's so guarded when it comes to signing a guy like Greg Kimbrell. It's a fair point.
1: He knows. He remembers. He still has PTSD of the PJ Ryan signing. <laughs> um, we can't roll it out. Um, how are Braves callers dealing with all this? Like on the air, like how? What is the the temperature in the room for Braves fans right now? Uh,
0: I think a lot of them are still angry at Alex Anthopoulos because he didn't go out and make a big splash this past off season. And I I think maybe one of the things that works against Alex Anthopoulos is that he made the, the Josh Donaldson move and the Brian McCann move so early in the off season. Now, if Donaldson can stay healthy and he can put up numbers, everybody's going to forget about the fact that you're paying him $23 million. But uh, this is a huge gamble. I mean, (laughs) I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I mean, his other calf went out on him for a brief period, but once you're, if you're a veteran guy, and once your legs start going, I mean, you start pulling muscles. These are problems that don't necessarily go away. I mean, it's it's right. just it goes back to father time always winning. I mean, he's done yes. the treated for a reason.
1: I mean, he hasn't been an all-star in four years now. This is year four removed. Right. So I I I just I think you can. Donaldson stuff sucks because we know who he was, and no one's going to look at him through a fair lens. Like, um, your colleague who I used to work for years ago in college, Matt Chernoff, predicted an MVP like year for Donaldson, and I was like, he's. I think he said he was going to finish ahead of Bryce Harper in MVP voting, and I like just I had an aneurysm in, in my car as I saw this, and I just I was like, no. That's not that's not happening. Like you 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 can't look at Donaldson that way. You have to look at him as like okay. If we get a hundred and forty games and he's his WAR is like six, not even six, like three point five. Great, we like that's enough at third base, and that that's gonna be nice. That's that's nice, but expecting him to be an mvp type at this point in his career with his injuries and everything else like he's we already are seeing now he's like no that's not where he's gonna be he's a productive player when he's still on the field but like he's not an mvp type guy anymore that's that's gone and you can't look at him through that lens and people are jumping to like did you see uh splits versus harper to start the year and i'm like oh my god Any Braves fan that would rather have Nick Marcakis than Bryce Harper, I just – I don't know what to tell you. But you're wrong. I guess that's what I'm going to tell you. Like, that's insane. If you can have either, you take Bryce Harper for the next 10 years and the remainder of his prime every single time. Or you can keep – Nick Varkakis on the one-year five million deal that whatever it was he signed and also signed Bryce Harper. And then you never have to play Ender Enciarte and never try the lead off experiment ever again. There's all kinds of better alternatives in this world, but um, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about all of this. I, I just threw a lot at you, Nick. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, you didn't. I mean, I think you made fair statements because Josh Donaldson, you, here's my problem. Now we can always play hindsight. But when you look at what Austin Riley is doing using a major league baseball down at the AAA level, you got to figure, okay, let's balance out what Josh Donaldson, let's, let's make an educated guess. What Josh Donaldson is going to give us this year versus what perhaps Austin Riley could give us. Is there really going to be that big of a difference? And, And it's crazy to say that because Josh Donaldson was an MVP, but i mean austin riley is the future at third base did they jump the gun i i know this they didn't deal for real muto because the marlins wanted austin riley and they were not going to part with austin riley well if you felt that way then sign him and maybe extend him like you did the other guys if he produces early in the year and put him in there at third base there's a reason he's playing left field now because if inciarte and uh josh or john camargo i'm sorry Continue to struggle the way that they've been struggling. He's going to play left field. and You're going to move Acuna to center field. So, you know, big picture, this is your future. Why would you? I don't want to say waste twenty three million dollars. That's that's a bad word to use. But maybe you jump the gun on signing Josh Donaldson to a twenty three million dollar deal. When all is said and done.
1: So he's twenty points below his career average batting average. Um, he's down slugging. He's down OPS by thirty points. He's down OPS plus. He's there's i don't want to just rain on this but like he was an mvp in 2017 like it's I, I don't know a lot of time has passed he's a different player that player's not coming back and that was only um oh, what was that yeah like 496 plate appearances the last time he got 700 was 2016 he was an all-star um i i don't know there's just that guy's not coming back and like i think ultimately if you your plan was to have him for the first half and wait on austin riley and then he comes in for the stretch run I, that's at least somewhat defensible but i also am nervous because the braves like the indians and other teams like this the twins have struggled with this the white socks are now struggling with this when you bet so much on your pipeline your development um you're betting on just 11 young guys hitting that's not how it works like it like it, mostly like you can't hit on everybody. So, like, expecting to hit on Acuna, Albies, Swanson, Riley, Kyle Wright, Soroka, <laughs> Fierce, like, you go up and down the line. You're like, teams don't hit on all of these guys. You can't do that. No, the odds are against you. And, you know,
0: it's a fair point to bring up. Now, I know that Camargo, as I just said, isn't having uh,
1: the greatest season. In a world I still love Camargo. I will yeah. ride for Johan well, Camargo. And,
0: and that's a fair statement. So let's just say he's having a hard time adjusting mentally to bouncing all over the place. Let's just say you put him at third base and then you wait for Austin Riley to develop. And then once he develops, then you shift Camargo to that utility role. Does it work out? And then you don't have to spend $23 million like you had to for Josh Donaldson. I mean, it's a fair conversation. It's a fair point to make.
1: What can they do this summer? Is it, they're 18 and 19 right now. What can they do to catch the Phillies? Cuz I do think the Phillies are ultimately going to win this division and I think that they're going to pull away at some point. But what can they do because the Nationals are going to get nervous, they're going to make moves, the Mets are going to make moves. What can the Braves actually do mid-season to change the change their their situation, change I mean, their fortune?
0: It's a very good question. The young starters, the young Rotation has to step up. You have to establish somebody in the bullpen. I mean, is I, I can't believe that we're all saying this, but the bottom line is, is Luke Jackson now going to be your closer? Can you establish him as your closer? Because it, it's going to have to be some of these younger guys taking the bull by the horns. Can, can Brian McCann rediscover the Fountain of Youth? I mean, I love Brian as a person. He, the answer is no. He's one of the, <laughs> one of the greatest guys. You're right. And defensively, what I've noticed more so than anything else is defensively, he's not the same guy. So that's an issue in and of itself. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to have to go right for this team when you look at what the Phillies have done and you look at the Phillies and they've got young guys led by, obviously, Bryce Harper and Riel Muto who have a bright future in this game. I I just don't know how that's going to happen. I, I'm not really sure I have the answers.
1: I don't think they do either. And they're still figuring it out. And um I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like the Newcomb stuff is still extremely weird. Um the Galsman stuff is concerning, I think, at this point. Like Tehran's just kind of locked in there. But I mean, you can't feel good about men you can't feel good about uh, Sabaka. Like there's just you go up and down the list Carlisle Carl, obviously. Like there's just a lot of guys that you're like, uh, ah, what what do we do here? I, I don't know. Um, would you change any of their one through nine lineup construction from uh, Brian Snicker? Is there anything um, in the lineup card that you're like, eh, I wish they would move this.
0: I mean, I, a lot of people said Acuna should have stayed uh, as the lead off hitter. I, I just think he gives you the I don't opportunity. Think that's true either. Yeah. yeah I, I think I, he should I, be number two.
1: Yeah, he, I would have him at number two forever. He gives you the opportunity to drive in so many runs at this point. If he's
0: not clean up, who, who is batting cleanup? I mean, that's, that's a question that I have right now. I mean, the way the lineup is constructed right now, I mean, Josh Donaldson, the thing about baseball players is this, they're creatures of habit. Donaldson is a guy that wants to hit second. And if you're paying him 23 million then that's where he's going to hit Freddie Freeman wants to be in the three hole. So it's, it's, it's a dynamic that I'm not trying to dodge your question. It's just not an easy question to answer. Look in a perfect world, I would love to have Ender and Ciarte leading off, but, Again, he's another guy. I I don't know what's going on with him because he is, he's a guy that seems to be especially with the bat on his shoulder, striking out more so than ever. And it seems like maybe we're too close to the Braves because we watch him every day. It seems like the Braves are striking out looking more so than ever
1: this year. I it's I heard you talking about this on the show, by the way. Yeah, I, I've heard mm-hmm. this this point. Yes, it's maddening. I, um, there was a good piece on fan this week, um, that I would definitely encourage you and Domino to check out about like certain guys. So strikeout rate is actually going down and contact rate is going up for certain starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Chapman is one of them, but if you go up and down the list of the guys who are actually not sacrificing power, but are still dropping their K rate by like 4%, um, it's it's interesting to see the, the names that pop up Freddie Freeman did this uh year and over year I think it was like 2016 and 2017 or something like that but like basically all the smartest hitters in baseball figure out a way to lower their k rate while also not sacrificing their power and hitting balls and play and just hitting it harder out and just getting more doubles that kind of stuff it it's it's interesting because I do think I mean we're gonna break the record again for most strikeouts in a season like that's gonna happen this season as well. But um, there are certain starters who are finding ways to not just be like, either I'm hitting a home run or I'm striking out. And Chapman and guys like that are doing that. I wonder, Acuna seems like a good candidate for that, where he could be one of those guys. Um, Albies, Swanson, I'm not... I'm not sure. Um, I'm still not sold. I need a full season. Uh, we'll see. But um, it's it's a pleasant surprise. But um, it, it makes you appreciate guys like Freddie Freeman more when you look at that drop in K rate. And he's just, he's he's a very underrated player. And he's been very good. And he's, he's great.
0: No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I think that, you know, you want to say that it's, just one of the deals in baseball where it's it's not the same anymore. I mean, strikeouts, they say a, a strikeout is just the same as any other out, but it, it's not true. I, I think that it, it's, it's almost, to me, good that Acuna is going through the slump early in the season right now because this is something that I don't think he's ever really dealt with before. And you hope that he climbs out of it. I know he cracked a home run off, uh, the other night off the Dodgers, and, and I think that that was his only hit in the series. He went he went one for eleven. But I, I think that this is what you have to go through as a young player. I I don't think he's going to be a guy that's prone to striking out. It scares me though how everybody you know we we talked to Kevin Seitzer at spring training compared him to Roberto Clemente and you know Chipper Jones said the 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 ball just sounds different coming off of his bat as opposed to anybody else. So it's it, it's it's a weird dynamic. I mean I'm one of those guys that always gets a little bit worried when I hear you know a guy that's got less than a full season under his belt be compared to Hall of Famers, but you hope that he can embrace the role of a leader and, and be the guy that, that leads this team to the, the so-called promised land when all is said and done. And Ozzie Albee, same deal with him. I mean, he's he's gotten better and better and better, and sometimes maybe ignorance is bliss. I mean, you just go up there and you're a free swinger and you figure it out.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about Acuna. He's the least of the Braves' concerns. Now, um, like Alby's hitting lefties and all that kind of stuff. That's that's a positive development. And him getting his OBP up and him showing he can be a full-time leadoff guy. That's good. Um, Did Snicker cost himself some games by starting in Ciarte at the leadoff spot? Yes. Like that—that that was insane. Why do? You, how many more years do you have to see arte and his slow starts and him starting at the the one spot being just a huge detriment, and giving him the most at bats? Like it was, it was chaos, and I I just I couldn't deal with it. Um. All right. Well, let's quickly transition to the Falcons real quick because I did want to throw some Falcon stuff at you. Um. Did you like their draft this year?
0: You know, initially no, um, and then I started to think about it, and I understand where they were coming from. You're paying a guy $30 million. Now these guys have to step in right away and be starters. You know, the analogy is out there. You compare the Falcons and what they did to what the Colts did protecting Andrew Luck last year. If that's the case and they protect Matt Ryan and the running game is better then I think because the defense isn't going to be on the field as much, they're going to be better. So In a perfect world, that's the theory. So initially, to answer your question, no, I wasn't a fan. Then the more I sat and thought about it, then I started to say, okay, I get what they were trying to do. And Dan Quinn is on the hot seat. I mean, he vouched for Tack McKinley, and he vouched for Vic Beasley, especially thinking as a coordinator like he did when they went to the Super Bowl, he can get this defense to be better, and he can reach guys like that. I mean, I, I look at Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley, I said this on 680 The Fan, I look at a guy in Tack McKinley that I think cares too much at times. In other words, if things aren't going his way, he gets down on himself. And I look at a guy like Vic Beasley who doesn't care enough. Not to say he doesn't have any heart, he's a nice guy, but I just don't think he takes it home with him like Tack McKinley does. So you have to reach two guys that are going to probably make or break your season in different ways. I mean, that's where the pressure lies.
1: I'm not as concerned because I've already written off both of them. I, I think this is going to be like, I, I don't really care. I've moved on. I think investing in Beasley for one more year is just dumb. Like, I don't care. I've moved on. Don't care. Now, would, would um, I have done case,
0: no, I, I wouldn't have done it either. But, you know, in theory, I, I understand, you know, like I said, uh, with, with coaches and GMs, they all have egos and they think I am going to be the guy to make sure this man sees the light. And I and I think that. Dan Quinn feels that way, especially about Vic Beasley, right or wrong?
1: Well, it worked out for Dante Fowler in Jacksonville when Tom Coughlin gave him one more shot uh, to make things work in Jacksonville. No, it did not work out. Um, No, I just, I think the bigger thing is like Deion Jones being healthy. So I found this nugget. um, And just like, if you look at how that defense fell apart when he was gone and what they were when he came back, I I think it's less about Beasley and Tack and even Grady to an extent. It's more of, is Deion Jones going to be on the field? Like if he's in the field, all three downs, he's the best, one of the best coverage linebackers in football. And like, so PFF has this quote with Jones in the lineup during 2017, the Falcons linebackers collectively earned a coverage grade of 90.1, forced an incompletion on 9.4% of their targets and allowed 38.6 yards per game. Without him in the lineup in 2018, they collectively earned a coverage grade of 53%. 90% 50, 90% to 53% with no uh, Deion Jones. They forced an incompletion rate on just 1.8 of their targets, and they allowed 110 yards per game. Jones' return to the fold is uh, invaluable to target defense. blah, blah, blah. But I thought that was uh, just incredibly instructive as to just his level of impact because we looked at, like, oh, Ricardo Allen going down, Keanu Neal. We, we've we learned that safeties aren't that in big. You can find guys like Demonte Kazee anywhere and um, – I'm more concerned, how does Isaiah Oliver work as the new number two with Alfred getting cut? Do they have enough coverage cornerbacks? Because I think this pass rush is still going to be shit. So my thing is, like, is Deion Jones going to be healthy? Is this back seven going to be okay? Can they be on the field? Can they run full nickel? Do they have enough corners to survive? Because that division is just a very pass-heavy division. You have Bruce Arians, you have Norv Turner, and you have um, Sean Payton. Like, for them to survive and win 10 games this year, the offense, I think, has to be top five in offensive DVOA again, and that's secondary, and Deion Jones has to stay healthy. That's my thing. I've written off the, the, just any chance of them having a pass rush. That's not happening. I don't think so. I'm not planning on it. If it happens, great, but I'm, I wouldn't bet on it. My thing is, like, put Deion Jones in bubble wrap and make sure he plays all 16 games. If he plays all 16 games and Dirk Cutter gets that offense closer to what they were two years ago or three years ago now, um, then they'll, they'll have a shot. But if not, um, I don't know because they have they have a brutal brutal run um, at one point where they play just a bunch of uh, division rivals at once, and it's it's not a great schedule. It's not like Tampa Bay Buccaneers bad, which I went through this week, which I don't know if you've seen yet. But oh, Tampa Bay, the, the, yeah, they got hosts. Buc- it's unbelievable I don't know what's going
0: on. threw they're away again. They're away from home for like five years. But uh, listen, I understand what you're saying. And Deion Jones certainly, he's a guy that. There's not a lot of three-down linebackers that are still out there. He's one of them. But to me, it's like the chicken or the egg theory. So is the coverage going to be better if you put pressure on the quarterback? Or because you have better coverage in the secondary, are you going to make the quarterback hold the ball longer? There has to be, I don't know, a happy medium. That's what you hope. So if you can't put pressure on the quarterback, I don't think it's going to matter because especially now with it being a passing league, and we all know how the rules favor – uh, the offense now I mean if you can't get to the quarterback then you can only cover a guy for so long I mean that's always been the adage in football but especially now in today's NFL if you can't get to that quarterback and move him off of his spot at least then it's going to be a long afternoon
1: I the Lindstrom stuff was great I think that's fine you can take Lindstrom it's it's great I think trading back into the first round for McGarry was a mistake and I always think about like how there's just so many pieces about teams that trade back into the first round or trade up for anything other than a quarterback. When you trade up for a quarterback, generally speaking, it works out. I went through the list of just teams that have done that. Carson went up and down the list of teams that traded up for a quarterback and it worked out. Um, any other position did not work out well for most teams. And I think betting on both these guys to hit, especially when they're not figured to start this year based on their offseason signings with brown and um, carpenter that you you assume both these guys are going to be sitting in like dan quinn's in a win or go home year i think it's interesting because i'm like oh these guys might not even be um a part of this regime at all after this year like they're going to get a whole new offensive scheme and these guys are kind of scheme specific um and i i don't know i think it was an interesting move but um i i I thought it was odd. I think you don't trade up for like, yes, he's an offensive tackle and all that kind of stuff. You you can never have too many linemen, but I'm always adamantly opposed to to trading up at any point in the NFL draft if it's not for a quarterback.
0: Well, listen, if, if your first rounders aren't starters, then you're in big big trouble, and you know you. But neither you, uh, will
1: right. Like, are you assuming either starting on opening day? Because I if, don't. If, if, Chase, if they're not starters on opening day, then you
0: blew it. If they're not starting <laughs> on opening day, then Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov are both out of jobs. I mean, that's that's my personal theory, and I I said it on 680, and I'll say it again: opening week. If they're not starting, then they can pretty much kiss their jobs goodbye because you blew it. You, you I don't have think they're to starting man. In, in this day and age, if you blow it on first rounders and the salary cap driven era now, especially more so than ever, if you blow it on first rounders, I mean you're. You're in a bad spot. You're in a really, really bad spot. Not to mention the fact that you blew it then on guys like Tack and Kinley. If you figure, like you said, Chase, by your theory, if if the pass rush isn't gonna work out, so by that rationale, those guys aren't gonna work out, then that's it. And you blew it. I mean you're you're gonna tear down and build it back up.
1: Oh man, this went really dark, really quickly. <laughs> <concrete, laughs> yeah. We
0: just took a turn, didn't we? <laughs>
1: We just got a lot of people fired in the last yeah, seconds of I, I think we did
0: I, I don't want it to be that way, but yeah, I mean, if you're right about this, then yeah, I mean, heads are gonna roll. It's gonna be like Game of Thrones, people are gonna be dropping <laughs> left and right
1: um, I hope that's not the case, but the just it's tough division, tough they are in the tougher conference, and I just think that they only win nine or fewer games. they're all getting fired, so i I think that's tough, and I just you're asking a lot of offensive linemen that do not transition well to the NFL anyway in year one. Like they're, it's harder for offensive linemen to make that jump more than ever. Like with the limited practice time, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like it's asking a lot to be like, go ahead and anchor the right side of our offensive line as rookies. And hey, you and can't develop guys for our head coach.
0: Yes. Yeah, spread of offense. Now in the NFL guys aren't in three point stances. You're right. It's the, the, the deck is stacked against offensive linemen. But the bottom line is you took these guys in the first round and, your first-rounders have to be starters. And, and if they're not, then unless you're the Patriots,
1: then you're in big trouble. All right, last thing, and then we'll go. Um, what is the biggest personal quirk about you that drives uh, Chris, uh, Chris D'Amino the, the craziest in the office?
0: Um, I, I think the fact that a lot of times I, I will just take, he'll be in Chris D'Amino mode where he is really getting analytical about something and drilling down, and I'll take like one word that he said, and I'll turn it into something that is completely absurd. Like today he said, um, if you ever thought about robbing a bank, so if you want to rob a bank, you have to really come in there and have a plan. And then I just went on this diatribe about the difference between he and I, he'd go in there and be low key and I'd start yelling about where the safe is. And then (laughs) I go off on just a tangent and he just doesn't know where I'm going. And to be quite frank, with you chase, I don't know where I'm going half the time. So but the good thing is we're like an old married couple. We've been doing it for so long that he just kind of expects it now. Even if he doesn't expect it, he knows in the back of his mind it may happen. But, but the thing is, Sean Nerney, who uh, is our engineer and who is, as I like to call him, the backbone of the program, he and I live to just tweak Domino all show. That's what gets us through every show. We, just, we, we like to see how far we can push him before he finally cracks.
1: Well, how can we listen to Nick and Chris every well, weekday?
2: On I'm glad Fan. you
0: asked, Chase. We are on um, from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday. And if you are anywhere in the world, you can listen via the mobile app. And you can also listen at uh, 680thefan.com. And if you're, if you're sitting there and you have Alexa, you can just say, Alexa, I want to hear 680 The Fan. And lo and behold, we will pop up. So it's that simple. Modern technology is a good. wonderful thing, Chase.
1: That was that was that that came from a professional. That was good. Um, all right, Nick. Well, let's uh, let's grab a beer soon. Let, let's find our way. I'm back in the city. I'm we're in close quarters. We'll figure all this right. out, and um, we can rant about who's getting fired in Atlanta. Um, okay, uh, you you have numbers. my
0: number. I am uh, I am around, and I would be more than happy to grab a beer and uh, maybe we can do a podcast as we drink beers. How about that?
1: What could go wrong, Nick? Uh, what could go wrong? What's the worst thing
0: that could happen? Famous last words.
1: Nick, thank you so much. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Chase. Anytime. All right, we're back on the Chase Tom's podcast, and um, you want to try that again? No, we're just going to go into this because Paul just made okay. me laugh. Because as we were getting ready to start recording, he informed me that Atlanta does have a Best Buy, which he yeah, was really at least about.
2: one. It's near a place called Target. Mm-hmm. We have at
1: least one. I know of one. It's in, mm-hmm.
2: it's in the Edgewood retail district. Yeah. You can walk there, allegedly.
1: No, I literally live, I think, half a mile from there. But my job's even closer. So, yeah, I know exactly where it is.
2: Yeah. There's a Lowe's. There's <laughs> a Barnes & Noble. There's a Five Guys. I've actually eaten at that Five Guys. I feel like there used to be a um, Caribou Coffee.
1: I believe you. I've never been to a caribou coffee in my life.
2: Does caribou coffee still exist in Atlanta? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't go there. But
1: you like Little okay. Five, right? I'm aware of it. Okay. You, you're aware of Little Five?
2: I've been to Vortex, and that's it. You're really into the Vortex, though. You were really excited when I... I was not old enough to appreciate, like, the good shit. So,
1: that's true. But Vortex is good. Um... No, but there are good coffee shops in Atlanta. And I just, I'm not spending my time in a Caribou coffee. Like, uh, just it, Octane, what really you,
2: good. What are you trying to prove? I, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just saying You're that I'm not, not going, going to Caribou coffee. I don't know. I just not. It, well, you not go to Starbucks either? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't realize I was on the fucking hipster <laughs> podcast. Can, you, can I say the F word on yes, this show? Yes, you can. Um, cool, because that'd be really weird. My favorite thing about podcasts is when someone... Um, like is a guest on it and they're like uh can i swear on this show after they've dropped like just some wild language
1: yeah um aurora as if it's the one that as if it's like an am
2: radio station
1: aurora and little five is fantastic and i might be a little biased because my uncle's roommate former bandmate owns it
2: but it's it's really really good good shit I mean, it's it's coffee.
1: No, hold on. Are you? But you're not even a coffee guy, because aren't you like a huge monster and all that kind of stuff, guy? No,
2: I'm all about the bang right now.
1: That's what everybody is until they all die, because that stuff looks like poison. All I think about is um, not is it anger management? Is no? What's the one with um Stifler and Paul Rudd? What was that called?
2: Um, I have it. Uh, role models role models. yeah like where it's, it's like
1: called. no thanks i'll have a minotaur and that's just all i think about with bang is just like they start pissing green in the toilet and everything else where it's like this shit's poison
2: you um, can't piss green all the bangs are clear are they yeah except for the coffee ones which they do not actually, have actually i can't even confirm one. that because i've never had the coffee do they bang. really
1: make a coffee one
2: yeah it's like a keto coffee oh. one so it's got whatever you do with keto stuff but,
1: so, is that what you have every day? Yeah, one or two, because you were doing two of uh, monsters a day or more last time I checked.
2: Yeah, I'm off of that. I can, I can get by with just one bang. But there are times where like, I'll have a Red Bull in the afternoon. So you just not like coffee at all? I don't. I like cold brews mm. and uh, nitros, but that's not like easily accessible. Just like regular ass coffee in the fucking coffee pot. No, thank you.
1: Interesting. See, that's my favorite shit. It's like, I love dark black coffee.
2: I did Keurig for a while. Um, Uh, I brought it to work and donated it to the the third floor and let them have my Keurig machine. Um, Is this the
1: new job or the job you hated previously?
2: No, it's my current job. I love my job. Uh, the job I hated. So I haven't <laughs> been on this show in a long time. Yes. Um, no.
1: I was just confirming whether or not you donated it to the one that you actually hated or the one that you actually like now. Because I do remember the the
2: difference. No, it's the one I like. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I, I my issue with coffee is that it's really difficult to drink for about the first twenty five minutes. Uh, no, it's not. What do you mean? Because it's really hot. Yeah, that's the point. I don't want to burn my mouth. Drink should be cold a bad take We're cool room temperature drinks are fine too
1: No, room temperature coffee's not very good
2: you need it so you brought me here to talk about the avengers i did not see the avengers i don't care what the fuck i don't give a shit you just lost all of your Look, listeners.
1: i'm just i'm over it i'm so glad it's
2: over i'm just glad it's, it's over. not over dude the next one comes out in two months don't care no they don't not there's not another spider-man's room. out soon you know
1: what's good the early 2000 Spider-Mans those are great no They're...
2: i can't be on this show <laughs> i've seen i'm not going to like associate with someone like you is there any
1: marvel movie right now better than spider-man 2 no there's yeah, not yeah there's
2: 20 there's 22 of them no there's not there's every single marvel movie is better than the toby maguire spider-man movies no
1: not all of them spider-man 2 was
2: every single one even the worst one ant-man and the wasp is better than the toby Maguire movies strong disagree more you haven't seen them you don't know I've, seen, I've probably seen like how many are there have you seen infinity war yes have you seen in game no. you know fucking clue what you're out. talking like, about i was
1: just like what are we doing here what are you inside. how are
2: you uh how are you a thought leader
1: <laughs> i didn't say i'm a thought leader
2: <laughs> how are you a, a podcast host a a what's the other one uh
1: i'm not trying to Fuck rain weed. people uh, like i'm not trying to rain on the parade like i don't like i'm not out here just being like you shouldn't see the avengers but it's just not my thing like i'm a out the
2: opinion leader kol how are you any of these things i'm just not you're none of these things because you have bad takes why, why is it bad i i really did not want to come on this podcast and roast you and then all of a sudden you're like <laughs> mm, the avengers mm, no no thank <laughs> you give me more of that george clooney nipple Um, yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch Hail Caesar
1: than any of the Marvel movies. Absolutely. Hail Caesar
2: was fantastic. Okay, I'm not coming to visit you in (laughs) July. I'm coming to Atlanta, but we're not seeing each other. (laughs) We're not hanging out? Nope, not anymore. Because you have bad takes.
1: Spider-Man 2, The Dark Knight trilogy, all better than any, any of the Marvel movies. Any. Okay.
2: Well... That's just not true. Would
1: you really ever put any of those movies up against the Dark Knight? Would you really?
2: Yes. There's no emotion in the Dark Knight. Avengers Endgame was better than the Dark Knight. No, 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 no. There's zero emotion. It's a cool Mm supervillain and cool bad, uh, cool hero. Mm -hmm. They fight and there's like a boring third act and that's the movie and that's neat. Wow. And it was good. It was very good. The acting was good, but there was no emotion
1: everything was emotional it was a rush like I still remember where I was I remember going to the IMAX and just being like because remember when the um the intro got leaked like that whole bank heist scene got leaked on daily motion and we were all like scrambling to the internet to be like oh this is the first scene of the movie and everything like there was just so much hype and you're just like holy shit this movie's gonna be fucking insane and uh it was and it was great and it delivered on all fronts and it also wasn't three hours
2: yeah that's actually a problem yeah because avengers wasn't long enough oh god
1: no no movie needs to be three hours like i want to top it at. you've not seen it yeah i know it's three hours so i'm not gonna see it you don't get three hours for a comic book no i don't
2: then why what am i doing
1: here (laughs) No, I watch Raw. in um. So I the morning after, I go through it. Kind of like what Maxwell does, where I parse through what I need to see. And then I'll read about the stuff. Like, I'm not going to sit there through a...
2: Endgame has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're going to be like, mm, three hours, <laughs> not good.
1: What does Dark Knight have? Time was never a problem. What does Dark
2: Knight have? Fucking 70. You're such a liar. No, it doesn't. Dark Knight
1: definitely has a better rating on Rotten Tomatoes than Endgame.
2: Pulling it up right now. 94 so it doesn't even have a better rating it has a 94 it's actually worse unbelievable critically it's worse by one whole percentile uh no so much better you haven't seen it you can't compare that's true you genuinely do not know
1: i don't but i'm just not gonna see it i just want them all to go away and i want these good directors to go back to things that actually matter
2: like avatar no. and titanic No,
1: that's james cameron i don't want any of those things but also titanic he made good Superman.
2: movies before those like terminator mm. one and two no, thank you those were good movies <sighs> you didn't make the best alien though despite what people think
1: never saw that either
2: okay so clearly there's a reason you don't host a movie podcast <laughs> no, because love, you don't so fucking know anything Jelena about movies, entertainment films
1: i love um the invitation on netflix is super good um what what is this <laughs> no there's a lot of good stuff I'm just very picky about what I watch and what but like Jake Gyllenhaal I believe is the best actor of my generation outside of Casey Affleck so I've seen every
2: Casey Affleck Great. movie then you will love the next Marvel movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal wait is he in the next Marvel movie he's Mysterio in the Spider-Man movie really yes he is is he there's no you out of touch person <laughs> who does not understand what the hell's going on I'd tell you to watch the trailer, but it would ruin the movie that you haven't seen. Because it spoils it.
1: Mm. See, I can't get over the main actor. Holland? Is that his name? Tom Holland? <sighs> He's no Tobey Maguire for me.
2: Yeah. Toby Maguire is a middle-aged man. <laughs> but also, like, even... You're probably all up in that Wes Anderson shit, huh? You like Moonrise, Sunrise, Love or Moonrise whatever? Kingdom, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm on the wrong Boyhead? show.
1: Incredible.
2: Just made up a word. No, I didn't.
1: Wes Anderson movies are all great. Like I love Wes Anderson. Absolutely.
2: I think we've established the the, the audience can decide who's right here now at this point. I mean, Moonrise. I will Grand say Grand I do a
1: Budapest have... Hotel, The Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, Fantastic Mr. Fox, like
2: Rushmore. You're just naming movies. You're not. These are all movies I've like, seen that I think... love. Okay
1: also the best director like i'm also like a huge woody allen fan so those are my favorite movies in the world like i can watch those all the time like woody allen like
2: married his daughter that was weird
1: stepdaughter but um still weird 100 but like doesn't make it not weird midnight in paris manhattan god i fucking love woody allen movies um even the most recent one with um who he found like the perfect version of him oh cafe society like with jesse eisenberg like those
2: Good for you, because you're gonna love the second to next Avengers movie. Oh no! By Woody Allen? Is he in it? He's directing it. Directing what? Avengers Four? No, he's not. That is correct. Oh, that'd be cool, though. I just bamboozled you.
1: <laughs> you could tell me anything about Avengers at this point, and I'd be like, "Oh, really? Huh?
2: That sounds really good. I'll never see it. No, if it was Woody Allen, I'd see it." yeah it probably wouldn't be any good It'd be amazing he doesn't make bad movies mm. Woody anyway uh, just, what, what are we doing we, here
1: we, we were talking about pro wrestling um so paul griffin you host a
2: how, how are you gonna have a podcast where you're like the topics or <laughs> discussion are gonna be pro wrestling also i don't like good movies I I, I, it's fine. Like I just pro wrestling is consistently bad on a regular basis. And you're like, I don't want to talk about great movies.
1: (laughs) I know it doesn't sound great for me, but, um, no. So you host a wrestling podcast called RBR wrestling that I listen to every week that I've been on before.
2: I believe that's true. You could be on it soon if you wanted. Really? Because we're doing Cinco de Hosto. The most normal name for a, uh, contest thing that we do every year
1: i am above that as you know i would not enter myself right we'll just ask you to show right, up. Like, that would not that would not work for me um but you know, you all had a very heated interesting discussion about the wild card situation eric brady obviously took the contrarian approach to the wild card situation on raw and smackdown this week um i've been going back and forth on how i feel about all this i want to write a big column this weekend on it but i
2: think you know what you could do with your time instead go see the avengers absolutely not um instead you're gonna write a blog about the wild card rule of pro wrestling the wild
1: card rule it's more of like i think this is good because ultimately i do think this company especially moving to fox and everything else that like expecting any kind of pro wrestling's not popular enough they don't have enough stars to have two sustainable brands where it's like two guys like especially with rousey being gone and roman reigns being on one show no john cena anymore there's no batista there's no anything that like actually draws in casual so asking fox to be like if roman didn't even move from raw to smackdown and you're just like here's aj styles and a couple other guys they're like what what are we paying for like none of these guys are people that casual fans know so my whole thing is like yeah i think if i was running the WWE right now i'd be like okay well we're getting rid of nxt we're getting rid of nxt uk we're getting rid of 205 live and we're cutting all of these because none of it matters it's not kayfabe because this is something that and i have another question regarding the undisputed era who like i i love them i love adam cole all those guys Roderick Strong, and they're figuring to break up and all this kind of stuff but like we're seeing it like none of it matters because when you get called up, they don't play back as to what you did on that show, who you faced, who your rivals were, all that kind of stuff. Like when Champa and Johnny Gargano get called up, they're not going <laughs> to talk about their, their backstory and their amazing to your feud and all that kind of stuff. It's just not, not a thing. So, What's the point? So if you can score ratings and you can help things, I, that's what I do. And also give you a chance to actually cut a lot of people and move on, and like free a lot of these people that don't want to be there anymore anyway. Because this company is not popular enough, and pro wrestling is not popular enough to have two shows. Like I don't think there's enough stars to make it feasible. I, I really don't. So people are like, well, how are you going to fit all these guys on one show? then you cut a lot of them and you let them go to ring of Honor, You let them go to AEW, you let them go to impact impacts the best pro wrestling show on television right now. Like I watched it last Thursday. First Friday. of all, it's not
2: on television.
1: It's on television and it's fantastic. I watched last it's Friday. On Twitch. Love it. Um, it's great. Um, good pay-per-views, good pro wrestling. The commentary is fine. Like I, I very much enjoy it, but, um, I don't know I, that's my thing is like i think this is good because i think ultimately the brand split should end i don't think they have enough talent i think they should start releasing a lot more people they should stop over signing like i watched matt riddle and adam cole this week in the main event of nxt and i'm like what is the point of doing this on nxt in front of 200 people like we know uh, i was going through just different quotes of what triple is talking about like where they make their money and they make their money off the the live events where they do um nxt across the world now like that's great but pete dunce on a star because pete dunce not on, on television nxt uk which you make jokes about everything else where it's like no one's watching this what's the point of rhea ripley paying her to be an nxt uk like i don't understand the point like when you need ratings they, they've just expanded too much where they're like you don't expand like that when you're not doing well like you're doing well in the making money sense the revenue sense because they have built their show around social media that's what pro wrestling and WWE is, is how do we have like seventeen clips for YouTube that will work? Nothing flows. It's not like the attitude era where like everything was intertwined, all that kind of stuff. It's just you do your seven minutes and you leave for a week.
2: Um, I feel like you're contradicting yourself. Wow. So, first of all, let's let's go back to the beginning of this discussion. I think the wild card rule is good in a sense in that it does allow you to have people from each show cross and that's good and that's exciting if you bought a ticket to the show and you're like I don't know who's gonna be here it'll be cool to see who the wildcard guy is like it's a surprise that'll get you hyped when you've bought a ticket that costs way too much money that's fucking cool however Roman Reigns is not a star AJ Styles is not a, they star. Don't have a star these people moving they don't exist these people exactly these people moving back and forth will not help the ratings it's it's not to me this is not sustainable it's just hey we can it, to me I look at it as this company thinks that the reason that raw and Smackdown's ratings tanked in the last like two weeks is because they moved the stars around. But in reality, I it's think that's that
1: what it is. I think it's just like
2: the storytelling is bad. Yes. They are incapable of writing a good story. They can't make stars like there's nothing compelling about this stuff. And that's the reason their ratings are tanking. The other thing is like they do three hours on a Monday. And if they were telling a good story that went through the entire thing, uh, they'd probably keep viewers. But each hour they lose viewers and they don't come back until the next week. And the issue there is, first of all, if you tune out of the first hour, you can come back in the third hour and they'll recap everything that was important that you missed. They should never do that again. Because if you leave the product and you come back and you don't know what happened, that'll stop you from leaving the product next week. Because you missed something. If they tell you exactly what you missed, then you didn't miss anything. You actually consolidated your time. So the re- that's the issue here. The wild card thing is a big waste of time. I think it's cool for, like, a fan, but as a solution to their problems, it is not.
1: There's no solution. Uh, I think it goes back to, like, MLB attendance where they're, like, like, that's... The solution
2: is writing a good story that is... I
1: don't think that's going to up the ratings, just being a better television show. like.
2: Well, you also don't understand (laughs) good storytelling because you haven't seen the Avengers movies, (laughs) which has made a three-hour movie almost the highest grossing movie of all time not adjusted for inflation because let's be real we don't look at stuff like that and like you you don't get it if they told a compelling story people would watch for 3 hours
1: it's a long it's time. been
2: proven you can disagree all you want it's win. been proven Literally in the last two weeks, a three-hour movie is no. We're not the, about movies. The we're biggest talking about movie per wrestling.
1: When is a 3 I'm talking about show storytelling ever been something like? I don't think they're capable, so I don't think that's realistic.
2: If Game of Thrones was three hours, people would not tune out.
1: I disagree. I think they would.
2: I mean, Game of Thrones itself, I think, is kind of lame. But like, okay, Game of Thrones is great. But continue. Uh, if it was a three-hour episode where stuff was happening, people would stick I don't around. Think so, and they don't even do a good job telling it was stories. Every sir. Week
1: like that? No, they wouldn't.
2: People watch football for three fucking hours. They and don't and tell half, any stories like, that's there. The
1: biggest complaint. And like what baseball is doing right now is they're trying to speed stuff up. Like, I think ultimately my biggest thing in like on three I mean, hours,
2: baseball is the slowest sport. Yeah, they're trying to speed I feel it, like it up. Golf like basketball.
1: Fast. Part of the reason people love basketball is because it's so fast and games end quickly. Like it's people want things to be done quicker. And, I think even if you ask Vincent McMahon privately and you're like, "Hey, if you could go back to two hours, would you?" and he's like, "Absolutely." I think he would 100% admit that like it's hard to. Make
2: I feel money. like they've already said that like no one wants to sit around right. for three hours when he's but it's a money the XFL. Just like
1: we just know we'll make more money off ads and everything else, so they just won't do it. Yeah, but
2: the thing is, I don't. I don't, honestly like if they told better stories, they might still lose some people, but their ratings would not be this.
1: Bad. Wait, so I have a question for you because this is part of like what I th- I've been thinking about with NXT and Impact and shows like this. The reason I think those shows are better than Monday Night Raw and SmackDown most weeks is they're planned. They they tape them weeks out, they have a plan that you know where this is going. They'll have a couple of random matches every now and then, but the big stories are planned, they're in position. So, like NXT Takeover, <laughs> you know that this stuff has been built up for a week and a half. They didn't just
2: I'm glad we agreed that. The main problem is storytelling, then, because you just said that those shows are better because they tell better I stories. I think it's
1: also because they're taped, so they like they can plan out like a month and a half of television. It's, they're forced, right? And that's what every TV show is, right? Like, you know that you're taping all they're these. They're forced to
2: write a story, right?
1: and pro wrestling on the main roster is not forced to do that. So I think if you made Raw and SmackDown a tape show, that's probably how you can fix it.
2: Yeah, they but then you have the it. whole smackdown taped didn't help either because they still wrote it the day it was taped
1: yeah and well, then drop shit they in later done that either.
2: <laughs> right it's the way they structure things they should plan stuff out further in advance and i don't doubt for a second that they like they definitely have something planned for mania next year already we thought they but, did last
1: year they had charlotte versus ronda planned and then things
2: changed yep nope it, they didn't they just added becky
1: well no but, I, but it's still different like they still could have been like no we're gonna do that and then they like, they still had becky win they still had becky be the moment um which leads me to my next question of like do you my, think, my do biggest think the issue is are any indictment on building around becky at all do you no okay
2: no um because they don't have stars and whatever you do with so the is belts becky is irrelevant uh i think there are aspects to her that make her a star and this is based on like just small experiences. When I went to WrestleMania weekend in New York, I didn't actually go to mania. So we watched WrestleMania at a bar. We went around and people were like, Oh, you guys are from Texas. What are you doing here? I'm like, we're here to watch WrestleMania at a bar and just be around the scene. Everyone was like, that's the show with Becky Lynch. Like legit bartenders who don't watch wrestling. One of them was an Irish lady who was like, uh, we we went and watched Raw at the same bar we watched WrestleMania at. And we're like, hey, can you put on Raw? Because we want to watch wrestling here again. And also couldn't find anywhere else to go. And she's like, oh, that's the be- one with Becky Lynch, Irish girl. And we're like, this is fucking cool. How does she know that? Like, she didn't care about wrestling. So there's an aspect to her that is a star. But she's not like, no one's John Cena, The Rock or Stone Cold, period.
1: I don't think they have any roster even in the pipeline that come close, right? Like it's not Roman and I don't know who it is. Like you go up. I and... don't
2: think John Cena comes comes close to the rock. So like what he does now. What... I don't.
1: Uh, I don't know. John Cena's become a gigantic star. Like he's
2: he's now and he's the still next he, people know who movie. he is, like, but he's not a, a he's not a draw. Do you think he's bigger than Batista? No. Batista's an Avenger. <laughs>
1: I think the bigger thing for Batista was he was in the James Bond movie, but
2: I, yeah, that's fine. I hope he's in the next one too. Are they doing but, the other
1: one? Who's the main villain? In the new yes.
2: One? Uh, it's, uh, Rami, Rami Malek. Oh, uh, Mr. Robot. He's yeah. The villain. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. The, apparently it's like a thing for them to cast like the best actor, which is good from the last thing.
1: It's cool. Yeah. It'll be good. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think they have that person on this roster right now and that's a problem, but I don't think any of this kind of stuff that they're doing is going to fix the ratings long-term. I think ultimately um, there's just,
2: I mean, rock and Austin only got big because they told compelling stories because the wrestling wasn't good. It had nothing to do with the wrestling,
1: but they don't build their product around storytelling. Like that's not their model. The reason they're making more money. So like the reason they made more money than ever last year is not because they're storytelling. They made more money because they, built their product around making their guys like superheroes for kids like where people wanted to buy the merch like king ricochet and all that kind of stuff those are all for children like these characters they they made money like they they make money because they know that people are gonna buy this merch they know that people are
2: gonna watch on youtube but their merch sales are down Mm -hmm. they made money because of the rights fees and the fact that live tv is struggling yeah like they didn't make money by shifting the show to tell to, to be, for, be for children. I don't think Like it's shit, children, but I also think Toy it's Story 4 is coming out and that ain't for children. It's like more... Children will see it, but it's for the people who also saw Toy Story 1. You can tell good stories that are PG and for children and they don't do good stories, period. That's the difference. If they told good stories, you could create big stars. I don't know who the next rocker Austin is, but they ain't trying to make one. That's their issue. I
1: don't think they're on the roster. And I think the that person is still out
2: there right now. I hope so. I hope they find him. I don't know who. I don't know who it is. I'm sure I mean, they'll figure it out someday. On this
1: right now, and you're just like, I wish they would just get behind them 100 because they could be the next megastar. I just don't know who. Fits
2: I don't that. know what a megastar is. Like, sure. do I want someone to be the next Rock who hits it big at wrestling and then quits and goes and becomes a great actor? Like, not really. I don't want that. That's been done. Uh, do I want someone who's the next Stone Cold who? has a great two and a half years and then breaks his neck and has to retire. No, I don't want that. Um, I don't know what their next option is, but I don't know for someone who tra- I want. If someone's going to transcend wrestling, like you might have something with Johnny Gargano, but you still have to tell <sighs> a good story around all.
1: him. He could walk. Through well, you don't understand right because no one knows who that guy is.
2: Good. He should have that freedom. Alexa Bliss walks around Disney World every weekend, and no one bothers her.
1: Are you still in the? How what was your immediate reaction when you saw that her and Murphy broke up?
2: We talked about it last time I was on this show. They broke up over no, a year ago. No, they broke up like a week ago. No, they reported it a week ago, and that was bullshit. These two split a long time ago. I don't understand why that story even had like any traction this week.
1: Why do you think they, they broke have not up been a, been a couple
2: ago? in a long time? Why do you think that? Okay. Do I have to do this? It makes me sound like a fucking creep. Yes. But it and I am fully aware of that. But if you look at Buddy Murphy's Instagram, there was a period of time where every single post was about her and involved her. Every single one. And it stopped. And that was over a year ago. And during that same time period, uh she never posted stuff about him. And if she did, it was very like minimal. She hasn't posted anything about him since. Uh, It's it's as simple as they split a year ago. She also got her own place. She stopped living with him and Alistair Black and got her own place. And he doesn't take care of her pig anymore. Like, this is just obvious stuff that's been there. I don't know why this news story had any sort of traction, because it's not a real thing. So do
1: you think she's been dating anybody in the roster in the last year?
2: I think there was a period of time, and I'm not sure... This is just me theorizing. I think she's dating. I think she dated that Mike Rome fella.
1: Interesting.
2: I think like if you look at her Instagram, just based on how people behave on their social media platforms, I think that was a thing.
1: Interesting.
2: But they're still buddies. So like, I don't know that if a, that was a that serious pun? thing or a thing. No, did, did I didn't realize yeah. that until I said it. <laughs> now that you brought it up. But yeah, I, I think that that could have been a thing.
1: So you think they're still cool?
2: Whether they date or not, I think that she and Mike Roma are cool because they go to Disney World together.
1: Never been to Disney World.
2: <laughs> or Land. I don't know. I haven't been to either of them.
1: Really? Okay. I'm glad I'm not alone there. But I've...
2: You probably wouldn't like it because it has like Marvel stuff there. And they tell stories for kids.
1: Yeah, I would prefer The Dark Knight or a Jake Gyllenhaal movie like Nightcrawler or something like
2: that, or Spider Man: Far From Home, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. No,
1: he—that's a—he's just taking a paycheck. He then he can go back to the good movies, Prisoners,
2: um, Nocturnal Animals. You're just, you're just naming things that aren't real. They are real. They're insanely like, great he, movies. He's just getting a paycheck from Spider Man <laughs> by Marvel Studios. Then he can go back to good movies like Armchair. No
1: nocturnal animals plane prisoners. seat those are all great You're just movies just naming
2: random things those are some of my parachute favorite movies of guy all time. What? the movie no starring jake Gyllenhaal. Can you
1: please watch all these movies this weekend
2: no why is iron man in them no i'm not interested
1: <laughs> does stephanie like all these movies
2: yes really yeah hmm. how did you everyone likes all these movies <laughs> you are the one in the wrong here
1: they just I'm done with all Your this.
2: listeners like these movies. They're probably losing their mind right now. They're probably pissed for, for one that I'm roasting you. But the other is they're probably like, yeah, why does Chase not like good movies?
1: These aren't good movies. They're fine. They just... You can't... I don't like... They deserve their own category where it's like...
2: Yeah, they have their own category. It's called the best no, movies.
1: Hell or High Water. You can't just watch like Hell or High Water with Chris Pine and uh, Ben Foster and, then, and just put on... A marvel movie and just be like These said a bunch same. of
2: words that aren't real
1: i just i don't get it you can't like I, I don't understand how that's possible like what is hell or high waters rotten tomatoes score right now i'm gonna look this up because that's my favorite Go movie of it. 2016 i want to say
2: hell or high water starring bananas foster and pine tree <laughs> big deal
1: um uh, no it's 97 on rotten tomatoes thank god
2: there it is two percent better than the last avengers movie god but it's so damn good so that should tell you how good the avengers movie is
1: would you rather watch sicario or avengers avengers see that's what it is every it's time it's just a fundamental every
2: difference time. in taste uh no what do you mean no it's not it's not that's exactly what it is it's just a good movie No, they're genuinely good movies no if you gave them a shot, you would understand. But I've you, said there you a won't lot do it. And I'm
1: just like I'm done. I remember Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing here? This is all dumb. What are we doing?"
2: Okay, first of all, Doctor Strange is—he's <laughs> awful. Was that your was that your jump in?
1: No, I started a long time ago. and I'm just like I'm so Most tired people of this. Didn't
2: love Doctor Strange.
1: I was so tired of it. I'm. I just. I, I need it all to end. And I was so glad that it was over. I was like, I don't want to hear anybody. It's talk about It's not over. I,
2: they literally announced like six more movies this week. What if they didn't and just cancel the rest? Like they should
1: cancel SmackDown. Then,
2: SmackDown.
1: What? Yes, because what does
2: that have to do with anything? Know,
1: the reason I'm saying the both. Like this goes back to my original point, which was that I don't think you can count if the sh- if Raw is gonna be three hours. The only way to fix Raw is to allow every single person on their roster to show up. That's it. Where you? It goes back. They to, have
2: too many people on the roster. Hmm? They're not going to cut them because most of the people they've signed are all really talented people. So they don't want other people to have those talented people. It makes perfect sense to me why they have them. It annoys me. They don't fire these old people like Dolph Ziggler and Zack Ryder and all these people who used to be great and they're not doing shit with them. Like if they still are good, go be good elsewhere. But for new guys like Adam Cole, who I say new guy, but like he's been wrestling for 20 years. But,
1: but he's somebody you to be careful point. with because he's close to the AEW guys, and I get it that, like, Shawn Michaels has worked with them. And but he's
2: not a star, so it doesn't matter. No,
1: but, like, if you don't want to lose him. Like, that's the other thing is the way that the company is operating. Like, AEW is a talent-first organization. That's what – if you – whatever you want to say about AEW, that is clearly their – their moniker that is their mission statement is that like, we are going to put our talent first. We're not going to make you fucking hate your job. Vince has gone the complete other way where it's like, Oh, you're not happy. I'm going to put you in a shaving of your back segment this week. And then
2: I don't think that it is fair to say what AEW is or isn't because they haven't had a show yet.
1: I, I It's not about their show. It's about like the way they're presenting their product and the way that they're signing people, the way they're treating their talent. Like,
2: I just think but they haven't done any, they don't, ha- they haven't, they're not treating their talent anyway. They have done nothing.
1: I, I, I disagree.
2: They have only built an entire show off YouTube. And while I want them to be successful and great, I think it is way too soon to be like, look how better they treat their talent when I don't think you're gonna have any conversations
1: anything. with Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes as you are with Vince McMahon. I just I didn't think I'm those not are have very conversations
2: different. with any of them.
1: What what I'm saying is like if you're a talent, you're like Pac and you're just like talking to Vince and then you go and talk to Cody and Tony, I think it's a very different conversation.
2: I don't know what you're getting at. I think what well, is the my, conversation the point is that
1: Vince when you tell Vince you're not happy and you want out or you want to change things like Sasha banks, as you guys have talked about, um, obviously Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on there, but I think her, if she was told that she was going to go to, she was going to get a great lengthy title run with Bailey and make those titles mean something. And then for Vince to just be like, eh, I don't know. The iconics are funny. I'm going to put the titles on them that Mm -hmm. you can understand why somebody like Sasha banks, who like, treats just like a sport like a win loss kind of deal like John Cena looks at it the exact opposite way where John Cena like I remember this Rolling Stone piece like four years ago where he openly admitted that like they were like oh do you keep all your belts and like your win loss record and all this kind of stuff and he's like no like what no why would I do that
2: yeah and that's that should tell you something Yeah, they, about they have different perspective. where those people are right
1: they have a very different perspective but I think Sasha um, takes it personally
2: I, I think Sasha is allowed to take it personally it's her job it's her life it's how she wants to look at it um, if she was told, "Hey, you're getting these belts and you're gonna do a lengthy title run, and it's gonna be a big deal," then she has every to right have to the be rug pissed. pulled. Up, she has every right to be pissed. She also has a job to do. As that's how the contract was signed, right? Uh, the, Why are these people the signing that these they have said deals?
1: Like, I would be like, uh, if I'm signing with WWE, like you're giving me a one year deal, prove it to me that you're going to treat me the right way at this point.
2: The thing is with with Sasha, I don't think like she'd be stupid to turn down a five-year deal because her merchandise like she's getting massive cuts from merchandise. I'm sure she makes a pretty decent paycheck there. She just it's not everything. It's not about, exactly, like the money, It's, it's not, not the not money
1: everything. thing. It's the win-loss. She wants to be seen a certain way.
2: Right. And that's. She has every right to feel that way. But there's also a level of professionalism that they expect out of people. And I I don't from from what the dirty sheets on the internet have said, I don't know if that's being delivered. Um, but how else are you gonna make the, change? Like you have to be.
1: It's like you Like
2: you have to be a squeaky wheel. Um, I don't know if you saw this. There's a guy named CM Punk, correct, who came out My a long time ago. Pro in
1: wrestler of all time.
2: He he cut a promo about uh, how WWE is bad, and that he's just spoke on the wheel. And when he leaves, that the wheel will keep turning. He was right, and uh, he was completely right, and that's how we This is what this is. So it's you're like not going you to make change. Pull
1: Sasha aside, and you're like, "Oh, you're you're not going to win this. Like this is not how this works."
2: Well, I'm sure she's aware of that, but the fact that they said, "Hey, take some time off and go like cool down." But
1: you can't cool down we because we want you to stick around. If they told her they were going to give her a lengthy title run, and then they lied and changed their mind mid, like a couple weeks after. Then you can't fix that. Like, why would you trust? She him will again?
2: get more title runs. What she needs, she needs to understand is how she wants to do a pro wrestling career. Does she want to make a shit ton of money no. and work in WWE, or does she want to make allegedly a shit ton of money and work at AEW, where? It's a completely these are different promotions the way it is like you're there's no guarantees with AEW with WWE you are guaranteed that level of like you are at the top of the industry kind of so like for her to go to AEW there's no guarantee that the third or fourth show will be good like they could totally bomb their first show. And their second show but could be a, a fucking talent, dud and yourself, people could have banned
1: AEW is like your life vest
2: go bet on yourself because if you're a talent that's good enough and it doesn't work out you will end up back right and that's my in WWE. Like I
1: think my biggest thing that I've been pushing for dean ambrose i'm like the worst thing about him is his wrestling like he should be an impact like he should go be the star okay. of impact well, wrestling.
2: dean ambrose is very good at everything he's so not a good
1: professional wrestler he's a very bad professional wrestler but he is a very you're good you're
2: very wrong about that but that's do fine you, enjoy you don't enjoy dean ambrose
1: matches do you really
2: i love dean ambrose i think he's fantastic it it upsets me greatly that he left wwe okay. i just he's
1: because
2: i'm uh, i'm most people, I like his promos. I think he's smart. I don't want alternatives to wrestling. He's just not good. I want WWE to be the best. Period. Okay. I don't. The only reason I would want an alternative is to force WWE to be the best. Because I, I just.
1: Who would you rather win, Tony I, Khan and Cody Rhodes, or Vince McMahon again?
2: Uh, Vince McMahon. Oh
1: god damn.
2: I, really? I don't give a sh- like. I don't give a shit about either Yo, of them. Who I really? Who
1: actually is Impact because they that group and that like. I just their stuff is good well that
2: are you watching it goes right back now, to by your by taste way? in movies you're betting on the loser i'm not betting on that uh, i'm just
1: saying like that's my favorite company no right i'm not
2: now. watching impact i i genuinely like i said i don't want alternatives i can't get into new japan like i just don't find it interesting um i mean okada is my guy. i gave up on He's impact coming. a long time ago So you're not watching okada matches or um, anything i've seen like the the big ones like every year is like oh okada and kenny omega had like three or four amazing matches this year. You have to see them. And I'm like, yeah, they were good, but like, that's fine. I'm not watching wrestling for 100% wrestling. I want good stories. I want interesting characters. I want good matches behind that. But if it's just tune into the show, you will see two guys in tights have a good wrestling match. That's boring.
1: Depending on the guy. I don't
2: care about, but like, I don't care like at what point like what is the logic or reasoning for it
1: but I think that's where WWE is heading like that's what Fox wants like I think that's we'll see what Fox
2: wants we don't know what Fox wants
1: I, I think you're gonna see Rousey and Brock Lesnar on Fox
2: cool I hope so yeah that's another I'd love low-key... to see Brock Lesnar have a match on TV yeah that'd be cool
1: <sighs> I want Brock Lesnar around the like the people who get mad at Brock Lesnar never make sense to me it's like it's not his fault like, he's using my, his leverage.
2: My issue with Brock Lesnar is that he's never That's around. That's not
1: his fault. That's a great deal for him. He's old. He's not destroying right. his body. He,
2: he took a great payday yeah. with limited dates. Yes. But in a perfect world, they would have said, look, dude, you're working a full schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, he would have been like, well... And you're going to be here every me. week. Like, you're not getting you might, Lesner, not wrestle, yeah.
2: you might wrestle once a month, but you're going to be on TV every fucking week, and it's going to be important that you're here, and you'll be part of the show. It won't feel like... Like, the whole issue that I had with him was it felt like their biggest title was being held hostage. Yeah. I would agree but with that's that. That's the yes. story they wrote,
1: but it's not a Brock Lesnar problem. That's a Vince McMahon making deals with Brock Lesnar problem. Right.
2: Those are... I, I would prefer if Brock Lesnar had had more matches with other people, but yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I, I, that's a good, the way. fact that he's not going back to UFC is something.
1: Well, that's a good way of wrapping up here. It is what it is. Um, we'll see talk
2: to you guys in seven months <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i'll see you. we can do a live podcast uh in july
2: when you're here i'm i'm not spending uh, my vacation uh, doing podcasts
1: no you can hang out we can do stuff
2: no Are you... yeah i don't want to do Oh, that. so we're not hanging out now in july uh, it depends you have to see Endgame game first
1: fuck i don't want to well,
2: well that's just stupid
1: <sighs> is that really a, a deal breaker for you yeah I'll do my best.
2: You'll be the only person who hasn't seen it by that time. Can
1: I watch it in, like increments for like an hour one day an hour the other day?
2: Yeah. Each hour of the movie is actually an entire uh, act of the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, it's okay. literally, uh, Robbie at Barstool did this, uh, when like one of his third viewings or something, he timed it and third viewings. I saw it twice the first weekend. Jesus I'll Christ be going Christ. again soon. Um, but, yeah, he, he timed it, and, like, literally the first hour tells one story, the second hour tells one story, and the third hour tells one story, and all, together they all tell one story. Hmm. It's almost, like, to the minute. <sighs> so, yeah, you could watch an hour, and then an hour, and an hour, and you should buy three tickets to do that.
1: No, no, I'm gonna, like, no, I'm gonna wait for it. To... Will it be out on streaming before July?
2: No, oh, okay. probably not. It'll probably still be in theaters. It's only been in theaters for two weeks. God.
1: It's Two weeks too long. Uh, Paul Griffin, how can we listen to you every single week on a podcast medium?
2: Uh, t- Jesus, um, I don't know. Uh, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk is the wrestling podcast where me and three other people who have been on here uh, more times than I have. I like them all. Uh, talk- I love
1: you all guys. I think you're, you're great.
2: I'm I'm invited the least amount, and I think I figured out why this week. Which is why? We, we are combative people. I don't think so. You, okay. <laughs> you're going to combat me on this one, too. Uh, point is. God,
1: it's going to be fun hanging out, bro.
2: I'm going to push you into, uh, what's, what's the river that they got there? Uh, we have a lot uh, of Chattahoochee? The Chattahoochee. Mm-hmm. Going right into the Chattahoochee um so rbr weekly wrestling talk is uh, a podcast we do it live on wednesday nights at 9 p.m eastern ish at a uh, mixler.com slash fan and it's like mixlr.com slash fan like turning your fan off uh and then the podcast itself is out on thursdays which is probably the most convenient way to listen to it um and that's it in terms of podcasts. You can tweet, tweet me at unpaulfessional. Uh, but from what I've learned is that your fans don't tweet me because they all really uh, like my takes. And they haven't said, hey, you really suck. Please never come on the Chase Thomas podcast again.
1: Which might happen after today.
2: Probably. It's not called cut to the Ch- <laughs> uh, the chase with Chase Thomas, is it? No. Damn, that was always my favorite joke. Cut to the cheese? Cut to the cheese with Chase Thomas. No, cut to the chase with Cheese Thomas. Eric that was it
1: last night, he said something. He said, like, somebody. y'all were talking about somebody, like, I don't know who it was, but you were like, Chase Thomas? And y'all all were like, you didn't say anything, and the whole conversation continued, and he was like, I, I don't usually fuck this up. And he couldn't figure it out. And then it was like, Dustin Thomas or something? Some other dude? Does
2: that ring a bell? That sounded like a... That might have been a part of the sports conversation that I was not a part of. I don't know.
1: But it was somebody else. It, with the last name Thomas. And Eric went to chase Thomas first, which warmed my heart because that means Eric Brady had me on the mind, which.
2: Yeah. Always. You live be. in his mind rent free. God. To, He's got chase derangement syndrome.
1: To dream, right?
2: To dream. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Paul Griffin.
2: It had to be a sports conversation because <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. I and I just was. muted He's my a mic.
1: guy. I really do. I wonder I'm pretty certain in my list.
2: Maybe it was Frank Thomas, the Wendy's guy. No.
1: No, that was a a first baseman for the White Sox. Um
2: Oh, I know what it was. Frank Thomas. <laughs> eugenics commercial. I don't think that was it either. He looks like he could still be playing. Mm. Not eugenics, new Eugenics is like super racist, right? I don't know. We need it in this podcast. No, I need to figure this out before you like, Griffin, cancel it. Paul Griffin, thanks so
1: much. Have a great weekend. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher at google play or wherever else you get your podcasts uh be sure to check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing i'm writing there fairly often and also follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon thanks guys